Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. A lot of people looking for gigs these days. And if you are one of them, you could work at the uh, Antarctic post office it's antarctica post office uh if you're good at sorting mail selling postage stamps counting penguins this job could be you it's uh, the post office at port lockeroy also known as the penguin post office it's a popular tourist destination and it's just off the west side of the antarctic peninsula it gets about 18,000 visitors each season. Okay, if you say so. The <laughs> It's uh, Base A, Post Lockroy's Base A, home uh, to the post office. It was established in 1944. It's now managed by the UK Antarctic Heritage Trust. It operates the museum, the gift shop, profit from the shop, supports renovations of other historic sites in antarctica if you look at their uh their application pack uh it's operated just for a few months a year and uh accommodation and facilities are simple and minimal there's no doctor stationed at port lockroy and the nearest hospital is in argentina they stock a good supply of emergency equipment antibiotics painkillers and our staff are given first aid training we can also seek advice from the doctors who work on the ships. <laughs> yeah, you think you can help us out? I don't know. Not today. However, uh, in a medical emergency, uh, it could take up to about seven days to evacuate you. So you might want to consider uh, carefully uh, your fitness for the role. Physical and mental ability to do the job. Physical attributes to live in the polar environment. Physical ability to help rescue others. Short notice personnel medical supplies will not be available yeah no kidding so anyway if you're looking for the gig uh it's uh it's there and you can apply uh at uh, the antarctic trust website and take a look at their application pack for port lockroy base leader looks like you're going to be making about 1800 bucks a month so if that's worth it then you're not going to see anybody and live in the cold for i don't know four five maybe six months for 1800 bucks a month uh, if it's worth it to you good luck god bless welcome welcome to chewing the fat did you know that 60 percent of u.s pork production comes from one company and that's owned by the chinese and their hogs are giving something called Rock-topamine. rock Yeah, and that is not good. It's banned in 160 countries, including China. Yet, you find it in your grocery store aisle every day. There's a better way. Moink. Moinkbox.com slash Jeffy, to be exact. I like knowing exactly where my meat comes from. You can quote me on that. And with Moink... 
That place is from small family farms all across the country. And you can help save the family farm and get access to the highest quality meat on earth when you join the Moink movement today. That's moo plus oink, which equals Moink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. I am a big fan of the Alaskan salmon and the bacon, to be exact. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and as a result, Moink tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. The Moink difference is a difference you can taste and you can feel good knowing you're helping family farms stay financially independent as well. You choose the meat delivered in every box like ribeyes or chicken breasts or pork chops or salmon fillets and much, much more. Plus you can cancel any time. And by the way, when I say much, much more, I mean things like Oh, yeah. I mean, I know you're hearing it, but you can smell it as well. Moink bacon. It is so good. I mean, even Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted. I I agree. And uh, the Ring doorbell founder, Jamie Siminoff, jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Uh, And there's nothing like getting the delivery from Moink meat. And you have that Moink box delivered to your front door and you open it up and you're able to go through the ribeyes and the chicken breasts and the bacon. You know, it's going to be a good, good day. Plus, they guarantee you're going to say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got Moinked. And believe me, when you're listening and smelling... Oh, yeah, that bacon... You will say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. I know I do, and you will too. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash jeffy right now. Listeners to this show, Chewing the Fat, get free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste but it's for a limited time. So go to moinkbox.com slash Jeffy right now. M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Jeffy. Moinkbox.com slash Jeffy. You know, we've talked about how bad the methamphetamine problem is here in the United States of America before. I mean, worldwide, but globally, 50% of the seizures uh, globally are just here in the United States of America for meth. And we had another big bust, uh, just a few days ago at the uh, world trade bridge in Laredo, Texas, almost a ton of methamphetamine in a shipment of strawberry parade. <laughs> uh, that is not good. Uh, they discovered 100. Well, I mean, it is good. We caught it. Uh, the uh, 158 packages containing a total of nearly 1,761 pounds of alleged methamphetamine concealed within the shipment. Street value, $35.2 million. Wow. I mean, that's a, that underscores the threat that uh, they face at the ports trying to catch everything that's coming into the country. I would guess 
that street value of $35 million puts a little bit of a dent in the shipments coming across uh, into the country. They used uh, what they called uh, part of their secondary examination. I guess they referred to the, the, uh, the search as just another examination, but they used a non-intrusive inspection, this NII equipment. And then they, that's how they discovered the 158 packages. So we're getting better at discovering how it's being shipped into the country. I mean, holy cow. And, you know, then you think, well, you know, it's one shipment. Yeah, but we've got, we had a story this weekend where a trainer and a racehorse both test positive for meth. So the trainer is doing meth. And you know what? What the hell? Let's give it to the horse too. <laughs> so the trainer has got a three-year disqualification from racing, uh, thanks to the Racing Integrity Board. But she is if she stays off the drug for 18 months, she might be allowed to saddle up again, which is going to be a difficult test. That's a that's a I mean, once you're addicted to something, of course it's you know tough to get off of it. But meth has proven to be quite an addiction to overcome. I hope she does. And I don't know what they're going to do to the horse. Um, she's, I don't know how she, I don't know. Does the horse go through withdrawals or does it just start freaking out where they're going to have to put it down? I don't know. It just, uh, they, of course they, so she misled the investigator about the extent of her drug use. Well, yeah, no kidding. I mean, if you're using a drug and you're addicted to it, uh, you're going to first deny so that's, you know, considered misleading. I get it. And plus, you know, the drug seems to make people stupid. We had the guy in West Virginia that, uh, when pulled over by the police, confused his meth for his registration during a traffic stop. Uh, officers said, yeah, I need to see your license and registration. And I reached into the glove box and, uh, a bag containing, uh, crystal meth, um, uh, fell out so that's when they brought in the dog and uh, searched the vehicle and he had about, about four grams of meth in the car um he had wait a minute, i'm sorry hold on uh porter was carrying approximately four grams of meth while the passenger had almost 220 grams of meth <laughs> now does the driver know what the passenger has Oh, you make the case that the driver doesn't know what the passenger has, but at least the meth that was in the glove box, you're going to, you know, maybe the passenger put it there, officer. I don't know how it got there. Uh Uh-huh. But it definitely proves that meth is a huge problem in this country. And I don't know what we, what we can do to uh, stop it, but big bus at the border certainly help. No question about that. And, you know, I guess we just go from there. Anyway, uh, you know, oh, and we can talk about what, and, and you, then you talk about, uh, you know, good things that are happening with marijuana. So is it a gateway drug to meth? I don't know. You tell me, I mean, <laughs> good news for Michigan. I know the economy is, uh, you know, going crazy and people are looking for gigs and trying to become part of the, you know, the penguin postal service down at Antarctica, but 420 the holiday, we're getting reports now that uh, they had record sales, 2.3 tons 
of marijuana sold in Michigan surrounding the 420 holiday. Uh, that's good news, right? Uh, right? <laughs> I mean, somewhere that's good news for the economy. I mean, it keeps going up. They say that reports show that uh, in 2020, they sold 430 pounds on 420. In 2021, they sold 1,912 pounds on 420. And in 2022, they sold 4,619 pounds. Uh, they, they They said they don't usually keep data except for on 420, but it's reasonable to assume that the sales on uh, on 421 were up as well. But uh, that's good news for the economy in Michigan, I think. All right, let's go to the break room. <laughs> I need something cold to drink desperately. Oh. So it's looking like uh, Elon's deal with uh, Twitter is going to go through. I didn't think it would, but they're saying now that uh, Twitter may announce that the $54.20 per share deal is going to do, going to go through. And they may announce that today. For those of you listening uh, live or not live, it is 4-25-2022, April 25th. And so they're saying, I thought we were going to have to wait at least until Thursday. They were saying that they had another board meeting on Thursday, but uh, the heat is on Twitter and uh, the shareholders. And they're like, take the money and run. Let Elon have it. So we'll see. Of course, you know, with anything, the deal could collapse. I mean, Elon might tell one of the board members to take a hike and then the whole thing falls through. But we'll see. It's looking like... uh, a big possibility that Elon will own Twitter at the end of the day. And what does that mean for non-shareholders? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. <laughs> and anyone who claims I'm going to leave Twitter if Elon buys Twitter, bye. Take care. Uh, go build your own Twitter. That's what we were all told. Oh, you don't like what Twitter's doing? Build your own Twitter. You know, and Elon's not going to be the end all save all of Twitter. Well, I mean, there's, he's going to do some stuff that, you know, we don't like, and some things are going to continue on. I mean, Twitter has done some amazing things up to this date, right? I mean, he has a ban on climate change ads. So they say they're no longer going to allow advertisers on the site who deny the scientific consensus on climate change echoing the policy already in place at Google. Does he change that if he owns Twitter? Maybe. I mean, he believes in climate change too. So he may, that might be something he leaves. And he may, you know, although he says he's for free speech and he wants people to, you know, say what they think and say what they mean, uh, we'll see. We'll see if things like that change because holy cow, if you're talking about, uh, you know, misleading claims about climate change. Uh, Many people could make the argument that your claims are misleading, but I don't want you to deny the scientific consensus because I'm pretty sure 
technically there isn't a scientific consensus, but I could be wrong. And we have the people all wound up that he might let Donald Trump back on the platform. (laughs) I saw a tweet from uh, the great Rob Reiner. Uh, You know him, you love him. Uh, Now that Elon Musk is buying Twitter, the question for all of us is, will he allow a criminal who used this platform to lie and spread disinformation to try to overthrow the U.S. government to return and continue his criminal activity? And if he does, how do we combat it? I don't know, Rob. How do you combat it? Ugh. It's just agonizing. It's just amazing to me that without censorship, they can't survive. I mean, we want free speech, free speech, but we needs to be censored. Um, that's not free speech. Just saying. And, you know, speaking of Twitter, the former CEO, Jack Dorsey, who is still on the board, by the way, and it seemed like he was for this deal, as a matter of fact. Uh, looks like he needs a little money. Anyway, he is no longer, uh, <laughs> he was a CEO and president and chairperson of block. And so he changed his title now to block head and chairperson effective immediately. According to this, there's no change in Mr. Dorsey's roles and responsibilities. He's just, his title is now block head and chairperson. So he co-founded the uh, payments business Square in 2009, and it was renamed Block in December to reflect its growth because uh, they took over the title music streaming service and cash app and this TBD 54566975, which is a financial services platform uh, primarily focused on Bitcoin. So he is the head of that, and he's still on the board of Twitter right as it stands right now until Elon makes it private or doesn't make it private. He's on the board until May, but, uh, he's now, you know, remember Elon, uh, added, he is a tech knocking of Tesla. And so now, uh, Jack answering that with becoming a blockhead, some would say that's a pretty good name for Jack. Speaking of blockheads, the uh, Dingleberry who got into a fight with Mike Tyson on the airplane, apparently, has uh, an attorney now. He has a guy from Morgan and Morgan, which is a big time Florida uh, attorney. <laughs> I don't even know if it's the Matt Morgan is this guy's attorney, Melvin Townsend three, but uh, oh, it's Melvin Townsend the third. Okay, whatever. Uh, but he says Matt Morgan from Morgan and Morgan is his attorney. Morgan and Morgan, I thought was a husband and wife team, but I think they got divorced. But that's just a side note. <laughs> they is a that's a big law firm uh, out of Florida, and they take on some big cases. So they are his attorney, and uh, this guy uh, has uh, quite a record. It's looking like he's a lengthy criminal record, which you know, obviously, what's well, so that's misleading and we can't that doesn't mean that he deserved to get punched and punched for mike tyson and so they claim that the water bottle was uh did not happen he denies throwing the water bottle he said that uh he didn't uh he didn't press charges at the airport or want to continue with the investigation because he was still in shock oh oh okay yeah uh look i just 
I just didn't know what the next steps were going to be. And so I have physical injuries and, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but now, now I know what I want to do. Cause Matt Morgan from Morgan and Morgan has, you know, helped me out with clear, clearing my, my mental thoughts on, you know what? I could make some cash <laughs> from Mike. Yeah. Okay. Now, you know, could Mike have exercised greater restraint before using his hands on an overly excited fan? Yeah, I guess. But you know what? If he told the guy back off me and uh, the guy was a you know agonizing nightmare uh, of an excite overly excited fan, uh, that's a problem. And if uh, something agitated Mike to where he felt like he needed to punch you in the face, you know, so be it, punk. But I'm sure they're going to settle. The original thing we talked about was that it was going to, you know, Michael have to pay him some money because he's Mike Tyson. He's a former heavyweight champ. He's, you know, Mr. Superstar. And he's, you know, uh, you know, his hands are a deadly weapon. So he should not have, uh, he should not have done it. All right. You know, here's some money. Go away. I'm sure that's what Matt Morgan from Morgan and Morgan is hoping happens for his client, Melvin Townsend III. I did see, uh, I don't know that we talked about it, but uh, I saw where Mike, after he left the plane in San Francisco, he was on his way to Miami on that JetBlue flight. Then uh, he hitched a ride with UFC president Dana White. And Dana was flying him on his private plane, and they made the joke about how you uh, don't, fight Mike Tyson on the seat on his social media accounts. It's pretty funny. And Tyson was of course on his way to Miami to serve as the, uh, a main speaker at the Bazinga cannabis conference. (laughs) Sure. He was there to promote his own Tyson 2.0 bud line. (laughs) So, I mean, it was uh, it was a tight schedule. He had to get to Miami. You wouldn't want to miss the Bazinga cannabis conference. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so who died who died today? Well, first, before I get to the list, uh, there's a list actually today of people of who died today on the list. I want to apologize. I want to apologize to CNN plus. All right, I believe I said on either last week, Thursday or Friday, that they had I put them in the who died today category. And I just checked into the app. I went to CNN plus. Uh, they're still beating. So they're still there. They're, they're still alive. I, I don't know why I thought they were, I thought they were dead. So I apologize. I'll keep checking back, making sure that the heart monitor is still beating. Cause I don't want to, uh, I don't want to falsely report that they're dead before they are actually dead or come back to life. Um, Orrin Hatch 
the longtime Republican senator from Utah passed away this weekend. He was uh, 88 years of age, uh, according to the Orange Hatch Foundation. He retired a couple of years ago. He served in the Senate for 42 years. He was the longest serving Republican senator. And so no cause of death was uh, released. Maybe we'll find out. But uh, according to the executive director of the Hatch Foundation, Orangey Hatch personified the American dream. And he really did. He started out uh, with nothing and what he called a ramshackle house during the Great Depression and then became a, you know, a senator and the longest serving senator. And he graduated from BYU in 1959, went to the University of Pittsburgh uh, with a law degree in 1962 and moved to Utah in 1969. I mean, he was born in Pennsylvania. So, I mean, going back to the University of Pittsburgh after BYU was not, uh, was not out of the ordinary. And uh, according to the governor of the great state of Utah, Spencer Cox, uh, his legacy in public service truly made a difference in our state and our nation. He was a former bishop of the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and his first public office he ran uh, for, he won in 1976. So Orrin Hatch, dead at the age of 88 years of age. You know who else died last week and I didn't see it until this weekend. I was really kind of bummed. And he really is, I mean, very few people are probably going to remember him, but he was nicknamed the Mad Bomber, and he played uh, NFL football. And I still have his football card, Daryl LaMonica. I know. <laughs> Daryl LaMonica passed away. Very sad. He was 80 years old. I mean, I, I, I hopefully his card will be worth something now. Oh no, I didn't mean that. That was just a. That was just a bad joke. So he ended up getting drafted. Uh, he played football at Notre Dame. He went to high school at Clovis High School in California. Played at Notre Dame. He was drafted by the Bills uh, in the 24th round. So that's a that's a long way down the list. But uh, in the 1963 AFL draft, he spent four years at Buffalo. Really kind of ride the bench. Nobody knew he was there. Then he went to the Raiders, the Oakland Raiders in 1967. And then in 69, I mean, he was on fire. That's when he became Daryl LaMonica, the Mad Bomber. So, I mean, he won. Uh, he took the Raiders to four straight Western Division titles, one AFL championship, two-time AFL MVP, and three-time All-Star, which... You know, obviously, I don't have any more technically all-stars, you know, all pros. But uh, just incredible. His high school named the stadium after him uh, back in, I mean, 1974, a long time ago. But Daryl LaMonica, rest in peace. It's very sad to hear. Uh, you know, I, there's there's a guy that you wouldn't know if you saw him, right? I mean, he's, he's if, you, if, you, if you passed him in aisle number four, of Walmart, you wouldn't go, I think that's Daryl LaMonica. But if you heard his name, you'd have to talk to Daryl LaMonica, the Daryl LaMonica. He's the guy, right? You you would know. You would. <laughs> you wouldn't? I would. I would. I also see where uh, Cynthia Plaster Caster passed away at 74 years of age. And you say to yourself, Cynthia Plaster Caster? Who? 
who the heck is her? Well, she was a huge music fan who became uh, famous in the 60s and 70s for her plaster casts of rock stars erect man part. She died of a long illness. She was 74 years of age. Uh, she was a Chicago South Side uh, plaster caster. <laughs> uh, so awesome. She uh, she did plaster casts of all the rock stars and their uh, man parts, uh, you know, as big as their man parts could be so very sad in fact uh her one exhibition that she has holding one cast uh mold of someone's uh man part it doesn't look like it uh you know some would say that it could be a larger cast but you know i guess not i guess not not that particular one you're still happy to be a part of it so rest in peace Cynthia Plaster Caster, dead at 74 years of age. Now, one lady who is not dead yet, she is 96 years of age, and Natasia Golaj, uh, G-U-L-E-J, from uh, Ukraine, has just uh, fled to Germany from Ukraine after Russia invaded her country. She is a Holocaust survivor from Ukraine who was in Auschwitz with Anne Frank and has said during, uh, after surviving Stalin and Hitler, she said, I'll survive Putin too. <laughs> Take that. Uh, she was, uh, she spoke at an event uh, uh, marking the 77th anniversary of the uh, liberation by British, British and Canadian troops at the uh, Bergen-Belsen concentration camp, which she was, uh, you know, moved to after she went to Auschwitz. Uh, she talked about the genocide against the Ukrainians and compared the Russians to the Nazis, saying, I have no words for what the Hitler admirers from the Kremlin did in Bucha and Maripol. Amazing. I feel like she was the voice of the lady. Remember the HBO Max show was HBO Max, right? It wasn't Showtime. Uh, Chernobyl. Yeah, it was HBO series. Um, and I don't think it was HBO Max then, but uh, Chernobyl. And one of the episodes, um, in fact, I believe it was episode four, where they come for the old lady who was milking her cow on the farm because they're evacuating everybody from Chernobyl. And she is just uh, in her barn milking her cows. And her, her question to the young soldier uh, you know, she talks about how she'd been there through them all and she was still alive. It's time to go. Did you hear me? This is an evacuation, you understand? Yeah, I don't care. You have to come with me. Why? Because they told me, so now I'm telling you. Everyone in this village, everyone. It's not safe here. There's radiation in the air. What's wrong with you? You know how old I am. She's milking her cow. Oh. I'm 82. 82. I've lived here my whole life. Right here, that house, this place. What do I care about safe? Right. Like a job. 
Don't cause trouble. Trouble? You're not the first soldier to stand here with a gun. When I was 12, the revolution came. Tsar's men, then Bolsheviks. Boys like you, marching in lines. They told us to leave. No. Then there was Stalin and his famine. The Holodomor. My parents died. Two of my sisters died. Wow. They told the rest of us to leave. No. Then the Great War. German boys, Russian boys. More soldiers, more famine, more bodies. My brothers never came home. And I stayed, and I'm still here. After all that I have seen. So I should leave now, because of something I cannot see at all. No. Yeah, and then, I mean, the, the young soldier is uh, not having any of it. So he throws her milk out, and then he shoots the cow, which is just amazing and then that was the end of that i don't know you know i guess we have to assume that the old lady went with him or that he ended up killing the old lady which you know is definitely a possibility but that's who this lady is that's who this lady is man i survived hitler i survived stalin i'll survive vladimir putin as well So the pandemic is definitely over because executions are now back up and running. Texas has uh, executed the oldest person on death row. They executed him last week. (laughs) I know, don't look at me like that. Uh, But Tennessee was set to execute their guy and uh he was convicted of killing his estranged wife and her two teenage sons in 1989 and he was supposed to be executed on thursday night as well halted at the last minute due to an oversight in preparation for lethal injection an oversight in preparation for lethal injection not sure what that would be but the tennessee governor bill lee said I'm granting a temporary reprieve while we address Tennessee Department of Correction protocol. Further details will be released when they are available. But he had his last meal. I mean, he already had eaten his last meal. He he ordered a double bacon cheeseburger, deep dish apple pie, and vanilla bean ice cream. So he was set. He, (laughs) He was full and felt good and then uh, you know what we're not gonna kill you tonight go back ah go on get out of here so maybe he can you know at least the next time he'll get another you know cheeseburger and a deep dish apple pie or vanilla bean ice cream or order something else now the guy in texas who they killed carl wayne uh, bunton uh 78 who was now the, you know the oldest guy in texas uh he killed a houston police officer 32 years ago they're not saying what his last meal was. Really cool. He had his spiritual advisor with him and uh, was praying when they gave him the dose of uh, the lethal dose of uh, peanut barbital. And uh, apparently, you know, he took a deep breath, coughed once, and then uh, it was it was all over. I was looking at the. <laughs> now, this is just me. 
All right, I was just looking at what some of the what some of the convicts had for their last meal because I'm kind of a, a fan of what you would eat for your last meal. I don't know what I would order, and it may change. You know, over time, you spend a bunch of years in prison. You you know things change a little bit. Now, some states don't give you uh, uh you don't get to choose. You just here's your final meal and move on. Some states. Uh, like Florida, the price tag is you, you can get what you want under 40 bucks. Uh, and it's got to be prepared locally. So you don't get to have anything shipped in from Hawaii. But uh, some people, you know, I was looking at uh, what some people asked for their final meal. Um, he wanted to, one person, one guy wanted to have a an olive. Um, okay, great. You can have a single olive no problem and they found the the pit from the olive in one of his suit pockets so there was you know that whole thing and some inmates wanted uh reese's peanut butter cups and other one one uh one inmate i'm not sure which one it was as i was reading the stories wanted just a pile of dirt from a, a special place oh yeah sure we'll get to that no problem (laughs) <laughs> maybe that's when he was reminded he was a kid i don't know but anyway the pandemic's over because the states are getting the uh the executions up and running and we know that uh, uh we know that to carolina south carolina uh just added the firing squad and the guy uh said that he wanted the uh the firing squad to kill him but i think they halted that now I think they said, no, no, you know what? We're just going to put a stay on uh, carrying out that uh, firing squad execution. What? Okay. I mean, if he's on death row, I guess it has to matter how we kill him. Okay. Oh, and I see where uh, Kraft Heinz Foods is now being sued. A class action lawsuit against Kraft Heinz Foods accusing the company of false labeling and deceptive trade practices in relation to the company's country time lemonade mixes. Now, I will say I'm a fan. I like country time lemonade. Uh, I don't necessarily always have uh, country time lemonade here at the house, but when it's made, I'm a fan. I'm not going to turn down a glass of cool country time lemonade. Well, according to this lawsuit, uh, Demarcus Rogers Uh, Mr. Demarcus Rogers claims that while Kraft Heinz says it's 19 ounce canisters of powder lemonade mix makes eight quarts of lemonade. No, no, it does not. My friends, he claims it. It it only makes six quarts and he followed the directions on the product's packaging. So these statements from Kraft Heinz prominently displayed on the label are untrue misleading and likely to deceive reasonable consumers such as plaintiff because the canisters do not contain enough powder drink to mix to make eight quarts of lemonade or pink lemonade using the mix line in the cap (laughs) we've talked about that before right i mean if you buy a box of uh trash bags and the box says you have 100 trash bags. You just assume there's 100 trash bags in it. Your your 
hoping that, you know, the company is telling you the truth, but there may only be 90 or 95 or even 99. You know how many trash bags that adds up to over the years? I mean, I told you about the Frosted Flakes when I was stocking shelves at Winn-Dixie 100 years ago, right? I mean, I'd open up the box and there'd be a box of missing in the box. So if you have 10 cases on a pallet and let's say one in 10 boxes on a pallet are short a box in a year, that's an awful lot of boxes. That's free money to Kellogg's. And I'm not saying that happened. I just know that I witnessed, you know, boxes being open and it being short, the full amount of frosted flakes that were supposed to be in the box. And so when you buy the pink lemonade or the regular lemonade and it says, Hey, makes eight quarts and it only makes six. I mean, how many people really pay attention to that? Well, thanks to Mr. Demarcus Rogers, he paid attention to it. So it's a 27-page initial filing, and it claims that Kraft Heinz uh, conduct violated the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act. (laughs) How many times have we talked about companies violating the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act and the Alabama Deceptive Trade Practices Act, as well as breaching the company's own express and implicit warranties? Now, I don't know how much money this guy's going to get or if it's actually true. I mean, uh, maybe the guy, you know, they're going to show that the guy doesn't know how to measure. Uh, We'll see what happens. The suit asks for three times actual damages to Rogers and others who may have been impacted by the company's alleged deception as well as other damages. I I believe that uh, all the, uh, the pink lemonade that I've purchased in the past, I've been shorted as well. Uh, Kraft Heinz owes me some cash. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So uh, now they claim that anybody who's been impacted by the company's alleged deception, as well as other damages and the amounts to be determined by a jury and or a court, he's asking the court order Kraft Heinz to stop its unlawful practices and give up any ill-gotten profits from sales of the lemonade mixes at issue in the case. Now, according to this story, uh, they tried to reach out to uh, Kraft Heinz and were unsuccessful. Uh, They tried to reach out to Mr. Rogers too, and it was unsuccessful. So they're just telling a story of what Mr. Rogers is suing Kraft Heinz Foods for. And uh, you know what? That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to Kraft Heinz, if true, right? If true, if you're mixing, if you're putting the amount of powder in that container that only makes six quarts and you're claiming that it makes eight over the course of year or year's time, I mean, that's a boatload of lemonade mix and it's a lot of money made. So, I mean, hopefully it's not true. Hopefully, these are just these claims are not true. But when you start rolling out the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act, and this man lives in Alabama, so he's you know adding on the Alabama Deceptive Trade Practices Act. I'm sure every state has their own Deceptive Trade Practices Act, uh, with you know maybe some minor differences. But uh, nobody could get around the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act. Don't even try. Don't do it. 
A quick reminder that if you want to become a contestant on uh, What's the Lie, be sure to email ChewingTheFat at TheBlaze.com. And thank you for the uh, members from the Chewing the Fat fan club and anyone else that showed up for my uh, Facebook Live on Saturday evening. I hung out for a little bit, talked, answered some questions from the Chewing the Fat fan club members. And I appreciate it. Had a lot of fun. We'll have to do it again, okay? Thank you for listening to Chewing the Fat. And don't forget... I don't want to catch any company. If you're listening to this right now and you're violating the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act, fix it before you get caught. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.